0: Welcome to Welcome to the Hollow Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to talk about Season 1, Episode 15 of Charmed.
1: Is there a woogie in the house?
0: Alright, so... I hate that title. Yeah, it's a terrible title, especially considering this is a really, really important episode of Charmed. Like...
1: And it is such a ridiculous title.
0: But from, like, a lore perspective, this is going to be the center point of several series ending plots you know because then they kept getting yeah
1: well i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but yeah this is gonna factor into the finale right before the reboot season
0: okay so i really like this episode i feel like this is an uncommonly strong episode for season one Mm -hmm. i said for season one like season one doesn't have some of the
1: best episodes of charmed it does i think you were just infected by our welcome to the uncharted territories podcast where. We're talking about Farscape, and season one is, in fact, kind of weak. I, uh, I was actually going to bring up some of the, just since you, just since you bring it up, mm-hmm. some of the foreign language titles to this episode.
0: Oh, those are usually better.
1: Specifically because, well, there's three different Spanish titles. Mm-hmm. The Spanish title where it aired in Spain, the Spanish title where it aired in Latin America, and the Spanish title where it aired on the Sci-Fi Spanish channel. All right. Okay. On the sci-fi Spanish channel, it was called The Hallowell Manor.
0: All right. Fair.
1: (laughs) La Mención Uh, In Portugal, it was called Secrets of the Manor. Ooh. Yeah. In Russia, it was called The Shadow in the Basement.
0: That's a much better title, I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always wonder how episodes like this, because I'm assuming, like, there's a whole art to translating this sort of thing when it's for a different market. I always wonder how, like, the different versions of this sort of show are in different markets, like, how much they change in translation.
1: Yeah. So there is an ancient Italian phrase for that that goes, uh, the translator is a trader, mm. because it's very difficult to translate something and keep all of the meaning the same. I mean, that's why localization is a thing. Mm hmm. And just if you get some anime that came out on DVD in the 90s, and if you watch, okay, I, I really enjoyed Ranma one half when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it dubbed and subbed, there are some episodes where the translation is entirely different. It's a different story practically, which tells me that one of those translations is off. Also, that's why the answer to the dub versus sub debate is, I don't know, which translation is better.
0: Okay, so there was this show I was really into way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was called Shinchan, and it was an anime that got brought over that was basically impossible to dub because it's it's like a family sitcom jokey anime. Mm-hmm uh but the thing is like the the kid keeps on mishearing things he hears different japanese words that sound like the japanese words that are actually being said or he like purposely misinterprets what's being said and that doesn't translate at all to an american thing so they just made up their own scripts for every episode that had literally nothing to do with the japanese version
1: that's amazing
0: I'm sure the humor has aged horribly because it was like the early 2000s, but it was pretty funny back in the day because they were just writing their own like there was another one I, I never watched, but it, it's infamous. It's about this group of high schoolers who are hunting ghosts or something where again, it was basically like American like the American audience would get nothing from this so they just made up their own plots and
1: that's great.
0: Uh, Both of those were technically gag dubs, though. Yeah, sure. I wonder if my thought process is, like, it must be different when you're doing it seriously, though.
1: Well, I mean, isn't that what Power Rangers was?
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: The French call this episode Possession.
0: (laughs) It's pretty on the nose, France. Although, this is also... I'm not counting the Wendigo episode here because I think that falls under under the umbrella of... The girls get turned into something mm-hmm. this is technically the first the girls go evil or at least one of the girls goes evil yes women they're in their 20s mm. now, although phoebe's like what 22
1: yeah barely
0: so but yeah this is the first episode in which someone becomes evil for an episode yes not counting the later seasons which we'll get to them
1: Also, in this episode, it's implied that the reason that Phoebe... Phoebe is the one who goes evil. The reason that...
0: Shocker. I
1: know, right? Well, well, no.
0: Prue's such a major asshole in the early... Early on, though. It's like...
1: Well, she didn't have as much opportunity to go evil in Mm. later seasons. But it's implied that the reason that Phoebe goes evil is because she was born in the house. And so she's kind of like the Nexus... Capable of being either good or evil. I
0: am so disappointed they don't do more with that later in the show.
1: Well, some people on the Charmed message boards that I was looking at to get ready for this episode were pointing out that Phoebe's the only one who ever goes evil without a possession or a spell. or She just decides to be the queen of hell. Yes. Also... Wyatt is born in the house, and he also kind of has issues with whether or not he's going to go evil. So, Hmm. yeah.
0: But uh, that's what bothers me about this episode. It's one of those episodes that hints at a much better show than the one we end up getting.
1: Yeah, well, that's true.
0: Especially, you know what, we should start talking about the episode.
1: Yeah, so before we start, Mm -hmm. uh, this episode was directed by John T. Kretschmer, who directed the pilot...
0: Familiar name at this point.
1: Yes, and same with the writers. It was written by Zach Estrin and Chris Levinson, who also did Thank You for Not Morphine. And Ugh. "And the truth is out there. And the truth is out there and it hurts. And eh. they'll do several more going forward. They're their mainstays of Charmed.
0: I think this is the strongest of the episodes they've done thus far, though, by, like, a lot.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely.
0: So, let's get into it. Uh. The episode opens with shit going wrong in the house.
1: Well, I mean, it's an earthquake, and this is in San Francisco, so that tracks for me. I've never been in an earthquake.
0: I haven't either. Oh, I mean, one happened on the East Coast when I was there, but I didn't notice it. Uh, do you remember that? It was, like, the biggest earthquake to ever hit the East Coast, and, you know, California was, oh, like, really? Yeah.
1: yeah, I do vaguely remember that.
0: So... Uh, The chandelier breaks, and we see a picture of Grams.
1: Yes, it's the first appearance of Grams, albeit just in a photograph. Well,
0: and in flashbacks. Yes. Which, how weird is it that their mom appears twice in the show before Grams, although we don't see her face for some reason, except we don't. Well, the reason
1: is that she's being played by a different actress.
0: Both of those times. But it seems weird that the mom sort of predates Grams being in the show when Grams is such a force later in the show?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: But also, this episode really, really made me want a Grams prequel
1: series. Oh my gosh, I would love that show. Well, we'll talk about that too when we get to that 70s episode. Yes. Which could be a spinoff for a Grams centric series.
0: I mean, honestly, Grams is a really, really interesting character. Even in the later seasons, when, every, when the writing's kind of weak and, like, the show doesn't seem to realize how evil they're making the main characters, it kind of works for Grams. Grams seems like this very morally gray and justify-the-means character.
1: Well, I mean, if this is Bewitched, mm-hmm. then Grams is Andorra, and uh. everybody knows Andora is just the best.
0: Yes, Yeah, she even has kind of an Endora style about her.
1: She does!
0: I love Grimms' outfit when we see her in the flashback later. The kind of... She has kind of like this wingy cape dress. It's great. So... Prue is upset because Claire, who is, I guess, just her boss all the time now, the banker lady Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. Okay.
0: As a reminder, Claire's the banker lady who the bank hired to fix the auction house after Rex and Hannah turned out to be demons and ran it into the ground.
1: Okay, no. It's nice that you are reminding our listeners of that and that you remember that. Yeah, Claire works for the bank. She's just putting things in order since it's now an asset owned by the bank. But this show, this episode, is treating her like she runs the auction house as though she has any idea what she's doing when we've already established that she doesn't. Also, what is she even doing there? She should have just been there long enough to confirm that it could be sold and then facilitate a sale. The bank doesn't want to be in the business of running an auction house.
0: Apparently they do because Claire's still here. Weird. So...
1: This is like a subset of Piper's whole what-is-her-job thing.
0: Also... Just... Does this ever actually happen? No. Prue's having the boss over for dinner, but an earthquake's messed up the house. Whoa!
1: Oh, oh. I thought you meant banks running businesses that they foreclosed on. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, also, yeah, having the boss over for dinner. I have like, several different issues about that throughout my notes as they pop up, but I'm just going to go ahead and put them all out here now. Mm-hmm. This is a dinner that Claire is making her throw, specifically because the VIP in question is obsessed with the Hallowell Manor.
0: Yeah, they're trying to get a professor or something to...
1: She's a professor, but she's from a wealthy family. They kind uh, of throw that out there really quickly. So...
0: They're trying to get her to do something with the auction house and they need to seduce her using Prue's big, sexy old house.
1: Yes, but I don't know why Prue can't just use her words and be like, yeah, it's an old house. We had an earthquake and now it's behaving strangely so we can't really have dinner there. Also, she's making Prue throw a dinner party which involves like roping her sisters in to do stuff. It's not her sister's jobs. Honestly, Claire should have hired a caterer.
0: I feel like Claire's sort of pushing her authority as a boss. I, I can't imagine my boss telling me, hey, you need to throw a dinner party for me and this important client. Like, isn't this... I mean, I get it. She's trying to show her the resources the auction house has or whatever and the woman's a history buff. But this generally seems like the sort of thing you'd go out to dinner for.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and at one point she calls prue a bad hostess and i'm like well prue's not really the hostess this isn't prue's party you claire are the hostess and you're just using prue's house you know how she's scrambling to get everything done that should have been you you don't like ring the doorbell at eight and expect to be served dinner this is your party you should have been there at six helping piper throw things together in the kitchen Hmm. just whatever she's a bad boss Which makes sense, because that's not her job anyway. (laughs) What
0: is jobs? She's
1: a banker!
0: So, the girls have hired a uh, handyman who's not Leo to come in and fix something that's going on in the basement, because there's a weird smell coming from the basement.
1: Which they're worried is a gas leak from the earthquake, which is a definite thing to be worried about.
0: Although, the man points out,
1: it does not smell like gas. Yes,
0: Okay, so I do love this. Uh, I do love that this whole episode is kind of formatted like a horror movie. You could watch it completely removed from the context of Charmed. And honestly, if they buffed it out a little more, you could have a movie-length thing with just this premise.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a classic haunted house story. And Charmed is particularly... Uh, and Charmed is a particularly good fit for haunted house stories. Because Charmed, at least in the beginning, when Constance M. Burge is in charge, is about family. It's about sisters. Mm. And the whole idea of the haunted house story, it's scary because it's the familiar made abnormal. The familiar made haunted, right? So it, the haunted house story is intrinsically tied to family stories and also to possession stories like a possession story is at its heart a haunted house story so it works with phoebe being possessed the haunted house
0: i mean all the best horror stories are family stories yeah so prue and piper immediately start making fun of phoebe who backs away from the basement door as soon as it's opened because she has been scared to go into the basement ever since she was a little girl and was frightened of the woogie man
1: which, by the way, Piper tells us is just the boogeyman, but she was a small child, so she pronounced it man.
0: Yeah, which, cute. But Phoebe's like, I don't know, I feel like I saw something down there when I was a kid, and they're like, whatever, Phoebe. Pff, whatever. Like, you're not fucking witches.
1: Right? So this poor gas man mm. is down in the basement. All the lights go out. Yeah, not a good thing when all the lights go out. And we see this shadow rising up from a crack in the foundation. And it's scary, but also, Grams buried the Woogie Man in cement? Is she a mobster? (laughs) Like, how did that work?
0: She doesn't have the power of three. (laughs) She worked with what she had. Okay, so the Woogie Man is this shadow creature. Later in the show, the shadow becomes kind of entangled with the Nexus. When we see the Nexus itself, it takes the form of this shadowy thing that comes out and possesses people.
1: Right. In this episode, the Nexus is a location, and the Hallowells and the Woogie Man are basically vying for control of that location.
0: Yeah. The Woogie Man is this gaseous monster thing that's ambiguously trapped in the Nexus... It's stuck in the basement, which is sort of where the Nexus is. Yeah. Later in the show, they kind of just use the Woogie Man effect to show the power of the Nexus. It, it's sort of like they forgot that the Nexus was just like a thing for why the house was important.
1: Right. And they made it an actual... They made the Nexus a force instead of a location, which Nexus implies.
0: Yeah. And they made it specifically like... The smoke is just the power of the house, and if you suck it in, then you can use that power.
1: As opposed to the smoke being its own entity, which in this episode it is.
0: Yeah. So the smoke envelops the gas man, and uh, things are not looking great for him. Nope. Nope.
1: But luckily for that actor, he is going to play both the gas man and the woogie man, so that's good.
0: Two paychecks.
1: Right? Well, otherwise he'd have nothing to do from here on out. Point. Up in the kitchen... Piper has gotten the mail, mm-hmm. and she gives Phoebe an envelope, or or Phoebe takes it from her, rather. Phoebe, I guess, joined the Columbia Record House under a different name, Chandelier.
0: God. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, okay, so, first of all, nice little thematic thing, because this is not important later in the episode. It's just a thing that's thrown out there that Phoebe did... Something that they consider morally gray. Really? and she, Hold on, that's that's my second point. Mm. And she used a different identity to do it, right? So it's nice. It fits, it fits neatly into the rest of the episode.
0: Hey, Piper, how'd you get that job of yours again?
1: Oh, I'm just wondering if the writers didn't understand how the Columbia Record House works. Like... Theoretically, the idea is that Phoebe gave them a fake name so that she could get all the free CDs, but she didn't plan on ever joining Columbia Record House. But you have to give them your information, your billing information, before they'll send you any CDs, because then they're going to keep sending you CDs when you inevitably forget to cancel. It's like the
0: it's how that works
1: yeah it's like the very first free trial scam right the internet has made it a thing but columbia record house was the first one mm-hmm. yeah i i don't understand how the writers think columbia record house worked
0: by the way i really like piper and phoebe sweaters in the scene prue looks fine she's wearing a sweater set for a change but i don't know I really like their outfits. They're nothing special. Uh, Piper's got this kind of striped blue thing. Phoebe's got this like very big purple sweater. It looks like good casual around the house wear.
1: Yeah, Phoebe's is like a turtleneck. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to say, Piper's V-neck looks very similar to many things that are in your wardrobe.
0: Yeah, that must be why I like it so much. (laughs) Yeah. I like those kind of sweaters. They look good. Totally. So Prue and Piper are, you know, making jokes about Phoebe having a dark side, and you know, you better watch out, or the Woogie Man's gonna get you, because he gets wicked little girls. And Phoebe's like, Really? Don't make jokes? Like, come on. We've-
1: yeah, they're witches! Don't make jokes like that! Especially because just then, the gas man comes up from the basement, and you know, he's possessed right now, so he's like, I have found something in the basement.
0: There's a problem. That needs to be fixed. And Prue's like, okay, is this, like, a problem that will take a while to fix or a problem that you can fix in a very short amount of time but it will be very expensive? And he's like, oh, the problem will be solved as quickly as I can manage it.
1: Yeah, he says, by "By tonight, there will be no more problems. And the girls have no follow-up questions. In fact, not only do they have no follow-up questions. They
0: leave Phoebe alone with this guy.
1: Yeah, Piper and Brewer are like, okay, well, we have stuff to do, so we're going to leave the only person without an active power behind in the house with this guy.
0: Good luck, Phoebe.
1: (laughs) Down in the basement, we see what's going on with this guy a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's talking with... A shadow his shadow kind of detaches itself peter pan style
0: Mm. i do like that later this is a trick we see cole use
1: oh yeah i forgot that cole does that
0: so it does sort of suggest an upper level demon thing going on yeah although cole has an actual body just not the shadow
1: yeah i i like the effect because it's it's nice and creepy and obviously a practical effect that is very cheap Mm. it's a It's not going to be a CGI effect that ages poorly. It's just shadow puppets. But yeah, the shadow tells the gas man that...
0: It wants Phoebe. Which is convenient because she's the only one left in the house at this point.
1: Right? So, we go to credits from there. And I guess this is a thing now. Okay. I guess this is just a thing. I counted... I counted... Mm -hmm. 45 seconds of establishing shots of San Francisco
0: unnecessary we know that it takes place in San Francisco they had to this had to be like
1: I I, I think this is how the show dealt with getting to exactly the amount of time they needed to be they just made that they just shot for the show to be a minute under what they needed it to be And then they could put in however many seconds of establishing shots of San Francisco they needed to fill it out.
0: Yeah, we twirl around that one building a few times. We get used to those shots.
1: I I like that we see the streetcar all the time, but we never go there in the show. Like, the girls never ride the streetcar for as much as we see it Mm. in the establishing shots of San Francisco.
0: So, I guess it makes more sense in this episode because there's not really a B-plot at all.
1: There's not, which is good because this show has been suffering the last few episodes from weak B plotitis. So, yeah, it was good for them to just excise that thing.
0: So, I don't know if this is a uh, thematic runner or whatever, but Prue noticed we when we come back from the 11 million hours of establishing shots of San Francisco. Prue is in her office straightening things up and she notices a picture frame is askew, like the picture of their grandmother. Mm -hmm. And she telekinetically fixes it because, you know, everyone has to use their powers at least once during an episode. I guess this could technically count as the B-plot, but it's really well woven into the main plot. Well, I mean,
1: if the B-plot is the dinner party, first of all, it takes up a large section of the second act of the show and it's integral to the action of the show, so... I guess it's
0: not really a B-plot,
1: then. Yeah, it's just the second act.
0: It's just part of the A-plot. Yeah. So Claire comes into Prue's office and screws up her telekinetically fixing the picture, so she has to do it herself by hand.
1: Oh, no, it's so hard! Prue asks Claire how she dealt with her first earthquake, so I guess she works for the bank somewhere other than California?
0: And Claire says that hopefully it'll be her last earthquake, so I'm guessing she's not going to be in san francisco
1: much longer yeah she says once she gets the squared away she's going back to her real job which just just makes more questions but my my main takeaway from this exchange is she says that she didn't care for earthquakes because she prefers her ceilings to be above her and i just want to know what claire went through during the earthquake
0: (laughs) seriously So Claire's, you know, blah, 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 the dinner party, blah, blah. Everything has to be perfect because Professor Wuzzerbucket comes from money and her family has a bunch of really fancy stuff and they're all old. So
1: so they'll use the auction house both to come and to go, presumably. Also, just throwing this out there, Claire gives Prue a list of clients that they want to impress. But at the dinner party, the professor and her... Boyfriend slash TA are the only ones who show up.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: And and it's not like a bunch of people didn't show up because the professor walks into the office right now and tells Claire, oh, I'm bringing a plus one. And so Claire tells Prue, okay, so it's going to be six instead of five, including the three sisters, you know, five. Now it's going to be six. So even though she just handed Prue a whole list, apparently she just handed her a big piece of paper that just had the professor's name and nothing else on it.
0: So the professor comes into the room and she's like, oh, you're Prue Hallowell. I know so much stuff about your house. And Prue's like, okay. And the professor's like, it was rebuilt after that big earthquake. You know, the one that swallowed that church that the master lives in. Oh, wait, no, sorry, different show. (laughs) But the Hallowells acquired that bit of land when the house that was there before them collapsed in a earthquake. All right. So I do like that. This is a like relatively recent history thing. Like it's in Mm -hmm. the 1900s. So I do like that. I also feel like it kind of suggests that maybe the Hollowells were behind the earthquake that collapsed the old house.
1: Oh, I didn't take it that way at all. I mean, I guess, now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense, because they'll tell us that the Nexus amplifies either good or evil, depending on who holds it. Mm. So, if that was when the Hallowells, <clears> hem, <throat> hold on, we'll talk about that in a bit at the end of this episode, that's when the Warrens seized it to make it a stronghold for good. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. You know what else is interesting? What? This professor character. This is the only episode she appears in, and I am so disappointed about that. She's... Okay, so first of all, she has a creepily big smile, which is just perfect for a kind of slightly off character.
0: I also really like her dress. Yes. Not as a dress. As a dress, it's kind of ugly, but it really works with this character.
1: Also a Berkeley professor of architecture who's tuned into spirituality of places like which places have occult histories mm-hmm. and that being a fascination of hers but her herself not being a witch and to add to that she has red hair so she's not a witch like the dark-haired sisters and she's not a victim or a demon like all of the blondes we get mm. She would have been a perfect addition to this show.
0: Well, you know who she reminds me of? Who? Andy and the pilot.
1: Yes, Andy, because he knew that there was something else in this world, even though he wasn't a part of it.
0: And he knew all of this witch stuff, even though, you know, not a witch. This show really suffers from a lack of good civilian characters.
1: It really does. That's. I guess that's part of why I... Just really wish this professor appeared in any episodes other than this one. But nope, this is it. I I think I just need to write some fan fiction about her.
0: So Claire rushes the professor out of the room and she reminds Prue to add one to the list because the TA is coming.
1: And then we do a phone transition to Piper. I pointed After
0: you pointed it out.
1: Yeah, okay, so this is actually the only time it happens in this episode. But phone transition to Piper because prue calls piper to let her know there will be one more for dinner and we cut to piper on her cell phone at the wine store
0: mm-hmm. okay i do love how piper is reaching for a thing of wine she looks down at her list to make sure it's the right thing of wine and this guy's hand snakes in from behind her and grabs it that's from that's super right on- rude it is and he's like oh was this yours i didn't notice and she's like yeah it was and i'm Using it for a really specific, you know, sauce or whatever. For van. For van, Like, look, I'll just buy you a fancier bottle of wine.
1: Also, she's like, buy this wine instead. It's better for drinking. This one is really for cooking, which is what she needs it for. And the guy's like, nope, sorry. My boss, who grew up at a vineyard and told me to get it, and I've already burned my whole lunch period and been to three different wine stores okay his boss told him to get it he had to do it on his break i just obviously obviously it's very telegraphed here and you'll get it later but this is the professor's ta and he is her date to this dinner party and i could just go off for quite a while about how inappropriate what we see of their relationship is
0: i do love how he's like does he, does he say that she grew up in a vineyard or he did?
1: She did. He says He says the person who told him to get it.
0: Grew up in a vineyard and she learned a lot about wine. And, uh, and Piper's like, yeah, well, I grew up with a bunch of sisters and I know how to do this. And she freezes the, the guy and she makes to grab the wine. And then she's like, wait, personal gain. Shit. And then she turns around and walks out. So from his perspective... She said, you know, I grew up with sisters and they taught me how to do this.
1: And then she vanished. Yeah. He had no follow-up questions.
0: Yeah, he sees her again later and he's like, what the fuck happened back there?
1: Yeah. So, back at the manor, Phoebe is still afraid to go into the basement, even though the gas man is down there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she shouldn't be afraid to go down the basement just because that creepy dude is in there.
1: (laughs) It's true, it's true. But he's like, ow, I sprained my ankle. Please come down into this dark basement.
0: I do like how as she's coming down the stairs, she notices the picture of Grams is crooked and she fixes it before. uh,
1: Yes, that is a nice touch.
0: she, She runs to the cusp of the basement and she's like, what's wrong and he's like i fell and the basement fell on top of me please come help and she's like i don't know how i would help with that and he's like you need to help me and only you specifically only you no one else don't call for help just come help me
1: so phoebe goes to go into the basement but she reaches up a hand and brushes up against a picture of the three sisters when they were children that hangs next to the doorway, Mm -hmm. and she has a vision of the past, otherwise known as a memory.
0: This is literally something she remembers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's being shown to us like it's a vision, but it's her memory, so it's just a memory. In the past, when we've gotten visions of the past, at least they've been things that she wasn't there for. Mm. But this is even from her point of view
0: so it's of grams telekinetically holding back the smoky gas monster and god i love the little we see of grams in this episode you get the impression that she was sort of the offensive person and by offensive i mean like proactively demon hunty person that Uh, her power would suggest yeah like i have to imagine that The witches in the Warren line who had precognition just kind of didn't interfere in demon stuff that much.
1: Yeah, you get the idea that Grams was... Grams could hold her own.
0: Yeah. Which, again, is neat. It's a neat thing to see this, like, witch who is by herself and at that point had just lost her daughter.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, Phoebe was how old was phoebe when their mom died pretty
0: young Okay. i'd say that their mom was probably dead by this point she was
1: definitely dead phoebe says she was five at this point and we know she was dead before phoebe was five yeah yeah
0: Uh, so phoebe overcomes her fear to rescue the gas man from the smoke demon and the smoke demon's like yeah no that's didn't didn't really have much of a plan here did you
1: well i mean her her plan was to rescue him from having a broken ankle although i don't know what her plan was with that either she's a tiny human with no with no like relevant powers
0: so the smoke monster comes up out of the ground and it's like your grandmother defeated me but you don't stand a chance and she's like i'll fight you i'm a good witch and it's like
1: are you though right no but the the demon tells her that she's too weak and she believes it and then it like goes into her nose yeah the smoke goes up into her nose
0: yeah she says that she's gonna fight it it won't take her and it's like oh you'll fight me and you'll lose
1: back at the front door piper is coming in from the grocery store Mm -hmm. and when she walks through the door she gets like a little electric shock yeah and and then kit watch 2020 Kit
0: fucking bolts.
1: Kit is like, I am the fuck out of here because I am a smart familiar and I see what is happening. Kit watch
0: 2020, you're on your own, assholes. Right? It's just like in the pilot where Kit's like, hey, look out for that demon guy. Eh, whatever. Bye.
1: Kit's not a, Kit's not a dumb cat. She's, she's gonna take care of what needs to be taken care of, which is to say, Kit. She's like,
0: I'm gonna find Paige
1: well i mean what are are these is she gonna rely on these sisters to take care of her
0: what is the role of familiars later because spoiler alert for like the not giving a crap seasons we find out that kit got rewarded for being such a good familiar by being turned human by oh the God, elders i
1: forgot about that episode oh that's gonna be so fun when we get to that episode <laughs>
0: But, like, how is she a familiar? I mean, I know she's a familiar in that. She's a cat that's owned by witches. But, like, it would help if they, like, used her evil detection powers at any point.
1: Hey, Kit is doing her best. She just let Piper know that Piper needs to get out of the house. It's not Kit's fault that Piper is not listening.
0: Point. In fact, the only time they ever use Kit's evil detection thing is A, after Kit becomes stock footage, and B, they use it incorrectly because it turns out she was just freaked out by a bee that was behind a guy.
1: (laughs) That's such a ridiculous sentence.
0: So Piper's getting attacked by the gas man. Piper goes into the kitchen to drop off the bags that she was holding. I guess she'll go after the cat later. Do you think Kit's an outdoor cat?
1: Yeah, I think Kit's an indoor outdoor cat. Mm. Yeah.
0: Not not the smartest thing.
1: I think it comes and goes as she pleases. A lot of cats do that.
0: But the gas man is here to murder Piper.
1: Yep, yep. He grabs Piper and he grabs uh, barbecue tongs, I think those yeah. are.
0: I'll. Something I like about this is that he's specifically holding her not to pin her, but, I mean, yes, to pin her, but... In a way that prevents her from using her powers.
1: Yeah, he grabs her hand so that she can't freeze him. And Phoebe runs up from the basement with a baseball bat.
0: No, no, no. She runs up from the basement and Piper's like, Phoebe, help. And then a baseball bat poofs into Phoebe's hands.
1: Yes, we don't actually see it poof at this point. Yeah, we do. Oh, we do? Oh, yeah, I guess we do.
0: So Phoebe hits the guy with the baseball bat. He falls over fairly not dead which you know i mean i I mean it's the tv thing where you hit someone in the head and it's just the unconsciousness uh
1: yeah okay so i just watched all of elementary mm -hmm. which i had never watched before i'm really glad i did it is much better than sherlock yeah yeah anyway i watched all seven seasons in like a week because of the whole thing that's happening with everyone right now
0: everything yeah
1: And I was really, really pleased that about halfway through the series, Sherlock is diagnosed with post concussion, post concussion syndrome and actually has to deal with all of the times he's been hit on the head. It's like affected him.
0: Yeah, because it's not good for you.
1: It's not.
0: So I also I also enjoy how straightforward like this is because Piper's like, oh, my God, Phoebe, you saved me where'd that bat come from and phoebe doesn't try to like lie or bs or anything she's like it just kind of appeared and piper's like just kind of appeared you opened the closet and it was in there and phoebe's like no i held out my hand and then just poof there was a baseball bat in it
1: i thought i wish i had a bat and then i had a bat yep Yeah, so Phoebe's like, looks like I got a cool new power, but first let's call the cops.
0: Because Andy is contractually obligated to be in every episode.
1: Yep. I think it's funny that the cops show up in this episode, but since the plot of this episode doesn't involve any of the sisters being under suspicion for anything, in this episode, Andy is completely unfazed by how many times they get called to this particular address.
0: So... Uh, Prue's like, hi, Andy, and he's like, hey, Prue, do you want to talk about our relationship? And she's like, nope, and she just barges into the house. Hey,
1: fair. <laughs> fair.
0: And, uh, she gets electric buzzed, too. I want to point out, the house doesn't ever seem to do this to demons, which, you know.
1: Well, okay, it's not the house that's doing it. It's because the Woogie Man has taken control of the house, right? Mm. Now that the manor is in his control, he can do all sorts of things with the house, including shock the sisters, and when he's strong enough, block them out altogether. What I'm saying is, when the sisters were in control of the house, if they would, like, sit down and read the Book of Shadows and, like, do their job, they could probably do stuff like that. Thank
0: you, because this happens a few times throughout the course of the series. People will use sometimes the nexus sometimes the dollhouse in the attic which is a weird thing yeah but they use it a few times to control the rest of the house i guess it's like a voodoo doll of the house
1: it's sympathetic magic
0: yeah but whenever an evil force takes over the house the first thing they do is seal it against the charmed ones why don't the charmed ones ever cast any spells to keep demons out of their house
1: they're really bad at being witches i I, as i was saying we were watching this episode right they're basically trust fund witches Mm. they're just witches because their parents were witches and their parents were witches before them but they don't put in the work
0: i mean honestly i kind of get the impression from i know it's not really backed up by that 70s show but i kind of get the impression that grams did have wards around the house
1: oh yeah i'm sure she did
0: Because you'll note that Patty did not die in the house. And Grams did die in the house, but it wasn't because of demons. She had a heart attack.
1: Right. But Prue died in the house. Yeah.
0: But Prue died in the house. And basically all of the sisters die in the house a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, And you know, this you just you
0: put up wards. It's like Witchcraft 101. Right. So Prue's like, I don't give a shit about the fact that you were attacked by a gas man. What's this about Phoebe having a new power?
1: Okay. So evil Phoebe for most of the episode will just be like sexy evil Phoebe. Like Mm. the way she plays evil is to just be super sexy. But right now her evil Phoebe-ness is just teenager Phoebe.
0: Yeah, but not like the kind of annoying baby voice thing Alyssa Milano ends up doing a lot.
1: She does do that.
0: But like this, she's just being like i have a new power but whatever i don't want to talk about it i'm
1: I'm whatever it's just a power don't like make it a thing
0: god of course i feel like prue was being unnecessarily confrontational when she burst into the room and was like what the hell's up with your new power phoebe
1: yeah okay to be fair to phoebe she's like yeah remember when we got our powers and they were all like your powers are gonna change and grow and Prue's like, yeah, I don't believe you. I think you took a spell out of the Book of Shadows without telling us. Which number one, so what? She's, she's,
0: it's her book too. Yeah,
1: and and number two, so what? Who cares? She used this. She used it to stop Piper from getting killed by the gas man. But also, Prue's whole argument is. This can't possibly be your new power because it's not premonition-based. And clearly all of your powers are going to be premonition-based. Even though when she actually does get a new power, it's going to be levitation.
0: And, you know, after you die, Prue, the charmed one who replaces you does get object teleportation as her power, so...
1: Yeah, right? Anyway, Phoebe storms away so that we can see that the picture of Grams that she straightened before she went down in the basement is now hanging upside down Mm. it's a nice touch
0: and prue's like oh god she better not fuck up this dinner party for me and (laughs) piper's like i'm sure it'll be fine like you know
1: what's your evidence for that piper
0: you know she could always just not go to the dinner party like phoebe yeah
1: phoebe's gonna serve How else are dishes going to get all the way from the kitchen to the dining room for six whole people?
0: God. So Phoebe makes like she's going upstairs, but she pivots and then goes into the basement.
1: Yes. Okay. Then she uses her newfound power to do her nails. She, like, uses her power to summon an emery board.
0: And, like, the Wookiee man's like, you must not fail me again. And she's like what and he's like you have to use the power against your sisters and she's like no and he's like i'm influencing you come on this is how this works and she's like
1: fine like we see the change in her right she's like i won't hurt my sisters and he's like you must and then her face like gets all evil so that we know that she's being influenced it's like
0: one of those uh rpg you know cutscenes. Where it's like, are you going to fight the demon lord? No. But thou must. No. But thou must. And they keep giving you the option to say no, even though it just puts you yes. in a loop. It's just the but thou must Until
1: demon you say version. yes. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to commercial just so Phoebe can change her clothes.
0: Yes. Phoebe is wearing a very, very attractive outfit. I do like the way they have the scene lit. It kind of like, it looks kind of like she's naked.
1: The basement is shadowy enough, and just a few rays of light are hitting her, and the dress is slinky enough that, yeah, it doesn't give that image.
0: And it's it's also the way she's sitting. It's just it's a really well-composed shot of her sitting there, just, you know, legs crossed in the darkness looking at her nails. And then she changes the her nail color with her new power, which I guess that's technically...
1: She uses her power to change her nail color from blue to the maroon color that her dress is because nothing is more evil than color coordinating your nail polish with your dress as everyone knows
0: meanwhile piper is the adult in a 90s kids movie
1: yes she's trying to make dinner but like the blender shocks her and the oven explodes and things are spewing. bad yeah okay i'm just gonna throw this out there They called in the gas man because they smelled something that they thought was a gas leak. He attacked Piper. The police came and got him. But they haven't dealt with what they think is a gas leak before Piper started cooking.
0: That's a really good point. Also, uh, the party's starting now. They were going by the clock in the kitchen. The digital clock, which was off because the electricity is messed up. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh. Prue's still in her robe and dinner isn't ready at all. You know, you know, in in some places in Europe, they don't even start dinner until midnight. That's an office reference.
1: Yes, to the office episode, The Dinner Party. Mm. Okay.
0: And this is going to go just as well.
1: Okay. I don't have a problem with the fact that they're using the microwave clock to tell time because this is before...
0: Everyone had a million ways to tell time all the time. Right.
1: You weren't holding a clock in your hand all the time but it says six o'clock and it's actually seven. So Piper and Prue both didn't know what time it was by an hour. That's a lot. That's a lot to not be paying attention to.
0: Also, we know there are lots of other clocks in the house.
1: Well, it makes sense for Piper to have lost track of time because she's been in the kitchen, but what's Prue's excuse for not being ready yet?
0: Yeah, we know there's a giant ass clock in the living room. Also, how are you not ready an hour before everyone shows up?
1: Right? Well, I guess she did have to work that day.
0: Mm. Plus, Phoebe was attacked.
1: Oh yeah, I guess she had a busy day.
0: But Phoebe comes out of the basement all sexy and she's like, So, how's dinner going? And Prue's like, what were you doing in the basement? Aren't you like a crying, whiny baby baby about that sort of thing? And she's like, I'm in my 20s now, Prue. You should probably finish getting ready.
1: Yeah, so she goes to answer the door, and she says, our podcast.
0: Yeah, she she name checks her favorite podcast.
1: She says, welcome to the Hallowell Manor.
0: To the professor and Claire, who are both smiling inanely when she opens the door and presenting her with wine okay it's like she won a prize in a really low budget game show
1: (laughs) i am gonna point this out to you when it happens but i'm pretty sure the professor thinks she and phoebe are gonna have sex tonight
0: (laughs) (laughs) so phoebe evil sexily invites them in and the professor looks intrigued
1: and then as they walk in her ta just shows up from behind he, he slips He slips in her TA, who is the guy from the wine store. He goes back to the kitchen to bring the wine to Piper. And, okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, he and Piper are going to date for, like, an episode.
0: Oh, he does come back. Yeah, he does come back. Okay.
1: But they're doing this, like, enemies who become lovers thing so hard it's a little that's one of my favorite tropes but i am not falling for it here because he comes back to the kitchen and look piper i know you had a whole thing with this guy because you both went for the same bottle of wine and now he comes back to the kitchen and is like hey i was supposed to bring you this wine oh haha it's you from the wine store and the proper response because remember this is your sister's client's date Mm -hmm. right an important client so the proper response is to be like oh haha what a silly thing i guess i might have overreacted please enjoy dinner but no she's like you how dare you enter our home
0: (laughs) Uh, i'm kind of on piper's side here though this guy comes off as a major league douche
1: yeah it's true i yeah he's he's real like bro-ish yeah I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, bro, but more specifically like... Frat bro. Yeah, like fancy frat bro. Like, my daddy owns everything. Draco Malfoy.
1: Yeah. Also, by the way, Piper has flour like all over her face. Like Mm. to a comical extent, like you said, like an 80s children's movie.
0: Yeah, he hands her the thing of wine and he's like, truce? And she's like, mm, get out of my kitchen.
1: She's like, no, I hate you. <laughs> and then he's like, you have a little flower on your face.
0: And she's like, oh, really? I'm cooking. <laughs> Which, you know, yes. And he's like, it, it's there and there. And he keeps pointing at her face. And she's like, please get out of my kitchen. Right? Please stop pointing at me, strange man. I was attacked by a stranger like an hour ago. Get right? out of my face.
1: Well, anyway, Phoebe comes into the kitchen and is like, so are we going to? eat or not and then she takes a covered dish
0: which piper's like those are the duck medallions but that they're supposed to be part of the main course and phoebe's like how's the main course coming and piper's like yeah you should take them out as an appetizer
1: so she takes them out into the living room she puts down the tray and she's like may i present duck medallions and then she flourishes off the lid and it's a live duck and she goes sans medallion so (laughs) what what a weird evil thing to do it's like it's like in the third it's like in the first third spider-man movie right where the evil thing that peter does is dance around and buy a suit on discount
0: so far it is the only third spider-man movie
1: okay we're spider-man homecoming spider-man far from home did andrew garfield get
0: nope he got amazing spider-man and amazing spider-man Two.
1: okay there's a third one in the works though
0: there is a third one in the works it won't be the only third spider-man movie for long but
1: my point is what's what's evil phoebe's end game here
0: like the woogie man wants her to murder her sisters like
1: not turn food into <laughs> ducks <laughs> what? What? what?
0: i know you wanted me to murder proof but instead i weirded <laughs> out her paws by turning food into dogs what are we doing here phoebe
1: oh. god
0: mm. meanwhile the kitchen is on fire
1: yep it's bad it's like when your sims with no cooking skill tries to cook like the most advanced thing on the most expensive stove
0: and piper's like something is wrong with everything in the house i can't cook here and phoebe's like are you sure and piper turns around because the sink explodes into sludge
1: Ugh, it's gross
0: and phoebe bamps a uh knife into her hand is a and is about to stab like a, her a
1: dagger a
0: dagger and is about to stab her when josh comes in and he's like Excuse me, I, I feel like my douchiness wasn't being appreciated enough out there. I'm going to be douchey to you directly for no reason.
1: Okay, so he is super douchey. He comes in and he's like, ugh, people actually pay you to do this? What a rude thing to say.
0: Honestly, I feel like Prue's kind of a jackass for not being like, hey, my sister was just attacked by someone let's not do this tonight
1: also our house is falling apart from the earthquake what what is happening
0: this episode is good i feel like we're getting caught up in a lot of minutiae here but yeah there's a lot of little stuff that's just so prue is giving professor lady a tour of the house And the professor is explaining to Prue why the house is so important. I think we touched on it a little earlier.
1: Okay, so she says that the house is important because there is no other house in San Francisco like it. But the reason it's unique is because of where it's located. And guess what? That's how objects in space work. (laughs)
0: There, there can only be one object <laughs> occupy. There can only be one thing occupying one space at one time. That's how things work.
1: But she tells Prue that it's located at a spiritual nexus, so it's equidistant from the five spiritual elements.
0: Also, there's some ley line stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, it's at the center of five elemental hotspots- which they'll go through later in the episode, which feels kind of unnecessary, but fine.
1: No, it's. I, I think it's cool. Even though it's kind of Da Vinci Code-esque, but I still like it.
0: I was thinking it was kind of Batman 66-ish, because it's a little leap and logic-y.
1: Yeah, well, especially when she's like, water is signified by the bay, and then picks out the point to be the bay. It's the, It's massive.
0: It's all the water. <laughs> it
1: could be anywhere. Oh. So...
0: Mono means one, and rail means rail.
1: Actually, I had an issue with this in in my day job, because we had a piece of property that was described by referencing uh, its position to the water, but it only referenced its position to the water from one direction. So I'm like, well, it's the water. That could be anywhere along this coastline, this... This whole thing is void, and we need to, like, regroup. Mm. So, now we get this weird scene, because Prue has to run into the kitchen and see what's going on in the kitchen, and Phoebe goes to the professor, and she's like...
0: I guess I'll continue your tour.
1: Honestly, they are, like, "I fucking
0: What would you like to see, professor?
1: She even, like, kind of... The professor even kind of, like, bites her lip when she follows Phoebe. She... Think she's getting late tonight and not from the TA that she has an inappropriate relationship with
0: yeah meanwhile Piper is throwing a literal temper tantrum on the kitchen floor (laughs) she's
1: sitting on the floor of the kitchen kicking her feet because nothing works which you know what we've seen what's been happening to her I feel like that's fair
0: she's had a long day
1: yeah she's like literally the house is stopping me from cooking
0: And Prue's like, hey, 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 you need to make some goddamn food for those people or we're all going to be out on our asses.
1: Well, and then Claire comes in and is like, Claire, well, and then Claire comes in and is like, Prue, can I talk to you about what a bad job you're doing with this party? This party is a fucking mess. (laughs) And she, and Claire steps out and Prue's like, okay, time to call it, which you know what? That is great. That is smart, and that is great. She's like, you know what? Clearly we can't have a party. I'm gonna go kick everyone out.
0: Uh, as the two of them leave the kitchen, Phoebe takes the opportunity to be like, hey, professor, do you want to see my basement? And the professor's like, oh, wait, you were talking literally. Eh, okay, fine.
1: (laughs) I mean, okay, I guess.
0: (laughs) I also don't get what the woogie man wants with the professor, because this seems like kind of a, uh, unnecessary thing
1: yeah it's true it is a weird step oh well maybe it's because the professor knows about the nexus
0: oh you think maybe this was just the woogie man trying to stop the information from reaching the sisters yeah i do okay yeah i can see that so phoebe takes the professor into the basement meanwhile Prue breaks the news to Claire that there will be no party, but she is paying for a super fancy dinner at a super fancy restaurant. Quake. A fancy enough restaurant.
1: Yeah, no, I just, you know, Quake. (laughs) Yeah. Which Which is is what... Were we about to say the same thing?
0: That it's weird because Piper's like, it's too late to get food from Quake.
1: Well, so when stuff started going wrong in the kitchen, like when they called the gas man at the beginning of the episode... Piper had suggested cooking dinner at Quake and then bringing it to the manor. It's too late to do that. Uh, But they're all just like, fuck it, let's just go eat at Quake. And that's what they should have done in the first place, but I, I understand that the professor wanted to see the manor, but...
0: You could have just done a manor tour and then gone to Quake.
1: That didn't have to be tied to a meal, clearly.
0: So the professor comes out of the basement. She's like, actually, I've had a good enough time... I think that I need to go not be here anymore. But my time in this house was well spent.
1: Okay, so then the doors... I don't know if you want to leave this in there. Because it's such a nitpicky thing. Mm Mm-hmm. The doors open on their own, except not really, because you can clearly see the crew members opening the door. I, I, I actually suspect this is an issue with um, aspect ratio. Uh, I think that this was originally aired in a square aspect ratio. And then when they expanded it to do a high definition release, there were things on the edge that weren't in the original cut.
0: It's like how when you uh, if you watch Malcolm in the middle, you can see like whenever anyone's in class, all of the desks that are next to him are just empty Yeah. Or, like, when they use the stand-ins for any of the actors, which I didn't know that was as much of a thing as it is. Maybe it's just because they had kid actors in that show. But, like...
1: Oh, yeah, that's almost certainly why. Because they can only shoot so many hours a day.
0: But, like, there's a kid whose thing is, like, one of his ears and his haircut looks enough like Dewey, so if Dewey's not fully in a scene, they have this kid, and you can't tell until they you know, the expanded thing where you're like, wow, they just had a completely different kid on set who was just there to be a fill-in for a different actor.
1: Yeah, okay, so now... For a
0: main actor.
1: Now I feel less bad bringing this up because I, I actually have a real point. hmm We are upset when we see things that are done with pan and scan where they take something that was letterboxed and then try to fit it into a square frame and lose part of the picture. Mm-hmm. It's just as bad when you expand the frame and show things that weren't meant to be seen. Like, stop messing with the aspect ratio. Just show it the way it was meant to be shown. We will deal with the black bars either on the side or on the top and the bottom.
0: It's fine. Uh, uh, Disney Plus is actually updating the Simpsons thing. So.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of there's a lot of weirdness with the Simpsons where when they
0: they cut off jokes
1: with that. Yeah, because instead of. Because unlike television where they actually filmed, like, a full range, even though, like, the crew was running in and out, so we just saw two crewmen here, with animation they only drew so much, so they didn't expand out, they cut off the top and the bottom!
0: Which kills a lot of jokes. Why would
1: you do that? Especially in a show as reference-heavy as something like The Simpsons.
0: Mm. They, you know, they put a lot of detail in there for you to pay attention to.
1: The least you could do.
0: (laughs) The least you could do is memorize every one of those people's names. But, uh, so everyone's leaving the party and Claire's like, you better have a really good explanation for this tomorrow, Prue. And Prue's like, I mean, there was an earthquake and a bunch of stuff in the house got messed up.
1: So before they head over to Quake, though, they realize Phoebe hasn't followed them. And they're like, Phoebe, why are you being so weird? And what is happening And Phoebe stands in the doorway of the manor and says, This isn't your house anymore.
0: He told me to cast you out.
1: And then this is shot at like a Dutch angle. So she's slanted towards them and Prue runs at her and the house does the force field thing where it electrifies and pushes her back. And then, okay, I I like this. Phoebe steps back and closes the door telekinetically the way Prue usually does. Yeah. Yeah
0: it's a very neat touch and okay so Alyssa milano's evil acting is not great but her fighting off her evil acting is
1: yeah okay i can see that i mean i don't really i mean i'm i'm joking about it but i wouldn't say it's bad that her evil acting is bad it's not
0: bad it's It's, just
1: it's hammy she made choices
0: it's not good
1: Look, she made choices, and she committed to those choices. And with a show like Charmed, that's honestly all I want.
0: So we cut to the next day, and I guess Piper and Prue just slept outside of the house?
1: Okay, yeah, it's the next day, they're on the stoop. Did they go to Quake? No clue. And we never find out. Like, I understand that this was, like, an issue they felt they had to deal with, but I feel like they probably could have still gone to quake and salvaged that
0: maybe they did and they came back afterwards
1: i i'm gonna assume that's what they did but yeah they're they're on the stoop and poor prue by the way like when they left the house piper was in her cooking outfit right so the sweater and jeans and a jacket but prue is in her slinky black dress and super tall heels and that's what she's going to be stuck wearing for the rest of the episode because she can't get back into the house
0: you know you didn't need to sleep outside of the house you know because the two of them are snuggled up for warmth but piper's got like her sweater and the jacket and prue's just kind of clinging to piper's back
1: yeah when they left the house they were on their way to quake so they must have had their purses with them you could have like gotten a hotel room
0: yeah You didn't have to sleep outside of the house.
1: Although I guess maybe the implication is that they spent all night trying to figure out a way back in.
0: Prue does talk about how they've tried tried everything, but their powers can't get them back in the house. What will work? And Piper just throws a brick at the window, and the brick gets zapped with electricity. And she's like, well, I mean, I would have felt stupid if I didn't try.
1: You know, that's fair. That's fair.
0: So, Prue immediately thinks that Phoebe turned against them. She's like, the house has turned on us and so is Phoebe. And Piper's like, she was possessed. Like, she, she was obviously possessed, right?
1: Right. Okay, so Piper's, Piper brings up the very obvious point. And then Prue's like, oh, you're right. Maybe we should focus on what's controlling the house and Phoebe instead of just blaming Phoebe. <laughs>
0: So they're going to talk to the professor because she knows the house better than they do.
1: Meanwhile, inside the house, like, the lights are flickering and glass is just randomly breaking.
0: And the wallpaper is peeling.
1: It's a nice creepy effect. Oh, also, all of the pictures going up the stairs are slanted now, which I like. But Nexus, Wookiee, you own the house now. Stop messing it up. It's yours now.
0: He's redecorating. This is what he wants the house to look like.
1: All right, I guess so.
0: So I do like that he flipped the picture of Graham's back right side up just so he could set it on fire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it burns away.
0: So, meanwhile, the professor is being arrested because she tried to choke out Josh.
1: Yep. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, we learn this because she's being dragged away by the police and- Piper and Prue are there and Josh is filling them in I I'm curious why Josh doesn't have questions about why Prue is wearing the same dress she was wearing the night before anyway he tells the girls that
0: the professor doesn't usually go in for that sort of metaphysical thing which
1: really I think he meant more that he she doesn't share it with people because she knows it'll sound weird. Mm. But he...
0: Luckily, he also knows everything that she knew about the house.
1: Also, he's going to follow her to jail and make sure everything's okay, but they can go up to her office and just fuck around with stuff if they want, which is fine because it economically gets us where we need to be, but you just met these girls last night and one of them has been outright hostile to you. That's super nice of you. Yeah.
0: So he mentions the whole, you know, blah, 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 ley lines, blah, blah, blah five seats of power or whatever i mean i guess this is a neat thing to sort of for later why the house is important in the show but it does seem a little unnecessary that they need to okay actually find the different sources of power because it doesn't really do anything for the uh
1: okay so i actually really like this scene they pull out a map of the city and they get like a piece of string so that they can find equidistant things Mm
0: mm-hmm the bay. For water. The hot springs.
1: For fire. This uh, park called Kenwood Park that used to be a forest mm-hmm. for for wood.
0: It was specifically the park that their mom used to take them to.
1: Yes. Um, the Twin Peaks, the highest point in San Francisco for earth. And this other place where they... Where there was gold. They, they, Prue says that they panned for gold during their fourth grade field trip there. Mm-hmm. For metal. For metal, yes. And so those are the five elements. And yeah, like, like we hinted before, the bay is kind of
0: uh... a cheat.
1: Yeah. It's all water. That, especially because it's the first sticker they put down. Like, if you wanted to do the other four elements and then you were like, and then we'll put the bay where it works geometrically, that would have been one thing. But that was the first marker they put down.
0: And Prue draws a pentagram onto the map, and the house is in the center of the pentagram, which, yeah.
1: Well, okay, but it's not just in the center of five points. The five points themselves are equidistant from each other, so that they form a perfect pentagram.
0: And Prue's like, it's not just a spiritual nexus, it's a Wiccan one, which, what?
1: Well, okay, first of all, it's older than Wicca, but let's not get into that. No, I, it's, I, I like this. I like this moment. I, I like the moment where she pulls out the ruler and connects all the lines and sees that it's a pentagram. I also do
0: like the point that she makes that their ancestors claimed the spot for a particular reason. She's like, look, our ancestors took the house so good would emanate because whenever one force or the other takes control of the house, goodness or evil spreads from that point which is interesting but not really played with that much
1: well i also like this kind of reminder that the girls are part of a story that started long before them i think the show is best when it remembers that because we've talked about how good the show is when it's about them as sisters and this is not just about them as sisters but them as sisters who are part of a lineage Hmm. I feel like the show has more weight when it's about, when it's about that, as opposed to when it's about like excuses to put them in sexy outfits or scale pasties.
0: Although to be fair, this is a sexy outfit episode too. I, I mean, it's not a fetishy sexy outfit.
1: Yeah. And also, I was going to bring it up when we see her in a couple of seconds, but I really like. I really like Phoebe's second outfit in this episode. Piper and. Uh, Piper only gets the one outfit, and uh, Prue only gets her morning outfit and her dinner party outfit because they don't get to go home and change.
0: Meanwhile, Andy and Daryl are going to talk to uh, the sisters.
1: Because they. We're dealing with the professor, which really shouldn't be their thing. Their homicide, right? She just choked a guy. Yeah. He's fine. He's fine.
0: Well, and also to follow up on the gas man who apparently, oh, he had no record of ever doing anything violent before he tried to murder Piper. So clearly.
1: Well, so that was a weird thing. And then, of course, this is the last place the professor was before she started attacking people. <laughs> Daryl says, uh. Daryl says, why does it feel like we live here?
0: I mean, honestly, you don't. Like, most of your... Like, you deal with the sisters a lot, but it's not really at their house that often.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the reason you feel like you live there, Daryl, is because this house is full of witches who are doing witchy stuff all the time and really affecting your job. And maybe you'd do it better if you would acknowledge that that is happening.
0: So... Phoebe opens the door to greet Andy, whose hair looks so bad in this episode.
1: It maybe looks like he grew it out a little too long, but tried to gel it the same way he usually gels it.
0: Yeah, like, it's usually kind of over-gelled, but in this episode, woof.
1: Yeah, so Andy's going to the manor while Daryl's dealing with some guys who are fighting in the yard across the street.
0: Because now that evil has claimed the house, evil is spreading out.
1: Yes. Phoebe opens the door, and she's wearing... This outfit that is, you know what? I told you before we started recording that I didn't have anything for time freeze. I actually thought of something once we started recording, so I do have something for time freeze now.
0: I think it's probably the same thing I have.
1: Probably. I'm going to throw an additional thing out there, which is the outfit that Phoebe is wearing. I think I had this exact outfit in the 90s. Okay. It does say which a lot. It is a blue mesh top mm-hmm. with velvet paisley brocade on it mm-hmm. and shiny satiny blue pants that match. I, it, it, is, it is what I would have worn when I was cutting class and hanging around Spencer's Gift at the mall. I would say Hot Topic, but our mall wasn't cool enough to have a Hot Topic when I was in high school. We didn't get that till later.
0: I was going to say, now that malls have kind of collapsed, what do teenagers do? But I guess they just make TikToks now.
1: Yeah, talk on Discord servers and make TikToks. Yeah.
0: But there's not really so much a public space anymore. Well, this... I mean, with whatever, with everything that's going on, we might be seeing the death of public spaces. Period, but...
1: Well, I mean, this isn't welcome to problems with infrastructure, Mm -hmm. but it is a real issue that public spaces where you are allowed to gather without being expected to spend money are being pushed out. Malls are kind of like an iffy liminal space because theoretically it's a place where you're expected to spend money, but so much of it is an indoor communal space that is not monetized. Mm -hmm. That's why you get mall rats, right? They're not here to spend... They're, they're not here to shop. They're just here.
0: Except not anymore.
1: Except not anymore, right? They've all, that those spaces have all been shut down. So what, coffee shops were you expected to spend money? Clubs? Like, it, there's, there aren't, there aren't good open public spaces. Mm. It's a real issue. And like you said, with everything that's happening now, even those are going to be, even the few that are left are going to be shut down, like parks and beaches and things. All right, back to, yeah. That, that. <laughs> sorry sorry for that downer moment. Yeah,
0: that, that went way darker than I thought it was going to. So Phoebe's like, oh, Andy, uh, me and my breasts are home alone. Whatever are we to do? And Andy's like, what?
1: She's like, Andy, I need you to come in and look at my basement for me.
0: And he's like, I have no follow-up questions. I'm more hair gel than man now
1: it's true oh
0: so piper and prue return to the house as daryl is trying to break up the fisticuffs between these two men over garbage cans and lawn clippings
1: one of the things that he finds out is that the guy who like came over and started the fight was over at the hallowells he was at the hallowells and then he came out of that house and started picking a fight
0: so the Woogie man is just kind of a douchebag demon.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, he's like the uh, he's like the mirror of true sight from
0: fairy tales.
1: From fairy tales, right? S- the Snow Queen. Yes, and then also that season of Once Upon a Time. Yes. So you just get super mad at everyone around you.
0: So uh, Andy is leaving the house, and Piper's like, "Wait a second! If the house is letting him out, then." I- If I freeze him right at that moment, it gives us a window into the house.
1: It's smart. She freezes him at the exact second that he is stepping out halfway in and halfway out of the house so that
0: there's an opening.
1: There's an opening.
0: So Piper and Prue rush into the house and Prue realizes that Phoebe was behind Andy and that she's
1: frozen. Yeah. And remember, their powers don't work on good witches. So
0: oh, they've lost her. Guess we'll have to kill her.
1: Okay, to be fair, does say, well, let's go get her back and then go up to the attic so that they can figure something out.
0: Yeah. So Daryl's like, Andy, I need your help. And Andy whips out his gun and is about to shoot the guys when Daryl like, throws him onto the ground. And he's like, what are you doing? And Andy's like, I was being a
1: cop.
0: And Daryl's like, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as soon as Andy left the house, he he also had this aggression monster inside of him.
0: Yeah, but luckily Daryl just knocked his ass to the ground and that knocked it out of him.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Good on Daryl. Daryl should use that more often. Yes! If someone gets possessed, just have Daryl flip him over.
1: Apparently it works.
0: So Prue and Piper are flipping through the Book of Shadows to see if there's a depossession spell. There's not, which seems odd, but okay. Well,
1: well, they're trying to figure out what's going on, and there's nothing in the Book of Shadows that specifically relates to what they're seeing. And Prue is like, all right, well, let's begin at the very beginning. When did everything weird start happening?
0: I like how much more on the ball than Prue-Piper is here, because Piper's like, oh, the woogie man it's a real thing and prue's like what the fuck are you talking that was just a scary story that grams used to tell you know phoebe and piper's like yeah but like maybe it's real we fought demons from the future and wendigos and stuff and also isn't it odd that the story that grams told us about defeating the woogie man involved a long rhyme
1: Yeah, maybe Grams was teaching us a spell that we would need to know. Unfortunately, Phoebe was the one who really cared about that story, so she's the only one who remembers it. Piper and Prue do not remember that story, so they're going to have to get Phoebe to fight her way past the possession long enough to remember the spell.
0: Then Phoebe bursts into the attic. Okay,
1: okay. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I just... It's weird how, like, casually it's done, and it happens a couple of times in this episode, and I love it every time it happens. Phoebe opens the door, grabs Piper by the shoulders, and, like, moves her outside. Like, I don't want to say shoves her, because she doesn't even really. She just grabs her and in one fluid motion moves her so that she's outside the attic, and then comes in and closes the door. But, like, with a really serene, calm look on her face, like okay, the next thing I have to do is get Piper out of the way so that I can kill Prue with this machete I've just materialized. Machete. <laughs> yeah, it's a giant machete.
0: <laughs> and Prue's like, Phoebe, listen to me. I don't want to use my powers against you, but I kind of want to, so maybe don't push things too far. And uh, Piper's like, Prue, what's going on in there? And Prue's like, nothing good, Piper. God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phoebe locked the door when she came in, but Prue is able to open it with her powers. She tosses Phoebe aside and then opens the door.
0: Telekinetically.
1: Telekinetically. And then she and Piper run out. Ah, but they can't run out the front door because they're trapped. Because it's the house. In fact, Piper says it's not just Phoebe we're fighting, it's the house.
0: And she tries to run out of the house, but uh oh, now the force field's on the other side.
1: Should've run out when Kit told you to.
0: So the door slams, and Prue's like, shit, 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 shit. Commercial break. <laughs> so we got back to the house where they're sitting in the solarium, Piper and Prue talking about what they're gonna do.
1: Well, they're trying to remember the story. And it's like you already established that you don't remember it. You already established that you need Phoebe. She's unconscious in the attic right now. You may as well face off with her now because that's what you're going to have to do.
0: (laughs) Probably should have tried like tying her up or something while she was unconscious.
1: Yeah. That would have been smart, but whatever.
0: (laughs) So... They're talking about what to do about Phoebe when they hear her scuttling around the rest of the house.
1: Well, Phoebe overhears them talking about her, and she knows they don't want to kill her, so she's like, ah, I'll do the same trick that Gas Man did. And she's like, help, I'm stuck in the basement. And,
0: and, Piper's... and Piper's like, I mean, that's obviously a trap.
1: And Pru's like, yeah, I know, but what else are we going to do?
0: Like, we we need we need her. We need, you know... We need her to wake up and remember the spell that kills the woogie man. So we need to go into the trap in order to get the cheese, the cheese being our sister.
1: Well, I mean, to bring it back to something that I was mentioning on our other podcast, Welcome to the Uncharted Territories, when we were talking about how you know, the game master throwing out things that are obvious traps. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, it's a trap, but that's where the next plot point is. So what, we're going to not go with the trap?
0: Yeah. So they're going to go into the basement and try to use their powers against the woogie man and then shake Phoebe a whole bunch, you know, so she wakes up.
1: Yeah, I I guess that's the plan. It's weird because the plan isn't really very formulated, but it works. So I guess I'm not going to argue with results.
0: So... They go to the basement.
1: As they're out there, they see how dark it is down in the basement. Mm -hmm. And Piper's like, oh, wait, there was something about the light, like us being the light or needing a light to fight the shadow.
0: You need a shadow to find the light and uh, you need a light to find the shadow. But that doesn't make sense because shadows run from light.
1: And they're like, oh, wait, it's a shadow. Let's take this flashlight with us. Which I mean. That would have been a good idea even before you got to the poem, but that's okay. That's okay.
0: It turns out the flashlight isn't actually useful. It's just that's a line in the poem that destroys the, uh...
1: Yeah, and and, and, I mean, they're starting to remember the poem. So they go down into the basement.
0: And, uh, Phoebe's behind them and she's like, ha ha, have fun, uh, fighting the woogie man jackasses.
1: Okay, so the same kind of, like, no-nonsense calmness... That Phoebe had up in the attic, Prue has down here in the basement. She just turns around and she slams the door in Phoebe's face. With,
0: telekinetically.
1: Telekinetically. With just a detached expression on her face. And she's like, one evil at a time.
0: Yes, because Phoebe was not actually in the basement. She was just.
1: trying um, to get them to go into it.
0: Well, throwing her voice from it. Or. You to know, it. Whatever. Yeah. So. So Phoebe breaks the door open and she's like, I'm gonna stab you with this knife. And then the Wookiee Man's going to, I don't know, take over the world or whatever. It's going to use the Nexus to spread its evil everywhere. And Prue's like, fight it, Phoebe. You know you can fight it. And she's like, I
1: can't fight it. I'm not strong enough.
0: If only there was some sort of power
1: I had that would allow me to break through this through use of a premonition. And then she like reaches up and she touches the picture of her sister's and has the same premonition of Grams that she had before. Specifically, I think the reason she has this premonition is because when she reaches up to touch the f- picture, she's standing in the same position as Grams was when Grams was fighting the Woogie Man. So it's like body memory. It's muscle memory.
0: I Also, we get a fuller shot of Grams' outfit. And I love it. It's, it's a dress that's got kind of a cape that's attached at the fingertips
1: i love those by the way
0: it looks great so so seeing her grandmother stand up to the woogie man or whatever helps her snap out of the possession and she's like oh right that poem that grams taught me and she recites it and it's kind of hokey but i like it i mean it's
1: May may i share yeah okay i am light i am one too strong to fight Return to dark where shadows dwell. You cannot have this Hallowell. Now go away and leave my sight and take with you this endless night. Okay.
0: Not great meter.
1: Also, you cannot have this Hallowell. The girls, of course, are the first Hallowells. Graham's was a warren.
0: At this point in the show, yes. Later, they retcon that.
1: Later, they retcon it and make it so that Grams' last name was Hallowell?
0: Yeah, because remember, they shift it and then uh, their dad was Victor Bennett.
1: Yes, okay.
0: But as for right now, I do like the idea that this is a spell Grams specifically wrote for the girls. That's
1: what I was getting to, yes. But it works and the house heals itself.
0: Which is kind of neat. I'm sure it's all just reverse shots of everything breaking and being torn off the walls or whatever. But,
1: And of course, I'm just like, oh good, because that was going to be really expensive to fix. <laughs> and also, Graham's portrait becomes unburned, which is nice.
0: And the, the house has been kind of darkly lit, and all of that just withdraws. It's really... I know we've been kind of smack-talking this episode a lot, but I do really like this resolution, and I do really like the whole seeded into uh, Phoebe's role as the youngest child, the, like the spell being part of a story that, uh, you know, she memorized because of how scared she was of the thing that she saw and how Graham's turned it into a story, but also a story that would let her help that would help her fight later in life.
1: Well, I mean we talked about how this is a great horror movie and how this is a great haunted house story
0: yeah
1: but also it's a great fairy tale because at its core one of the points of fairy tales is to teach us you know how to fight monsters that's what fairy tales are Mm. and the idea that the solution was not in the book of spells but hidden in a fairy tale that their grandmother passed on to them is another really powerful idea. Yeah. This is a strong episode. And... With an unfortunately dopey title.
0: Yes. And Prue and uh, Piper, you know, run up to hug Phoebe, who kind of just collapses back onto the stairs, which is a really good point of just connection for the three of them. Mm -hmm. Especially, I, I just, I love how exhausted Alyssa Milano looks here.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's been totally drained by the possession.
0: Then uh, we go back to the college where we briefly get my MVP extra, a guy who has a mohawk that turns into a ponytail and a jacket, a jeans jacket or possibly shiny shirt.
1: A yeah. Well, okay, to be fair.
0: Ponyhawk.
1: It's Berkeley.
0: Yes, it is Berkeley.
1: All right, so I don't care for this, but here we are.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's Piper, and she's talking to Josh, and oh, the professor will be fine, and as soon as they release her from the psych ward, and how he's taking her classes. and
1: Yeah, so she's being censured by the school because she tried to choke out her TA, and now he's in charge, because I guess that's the way it works at the school.
0: I mean, I feel bad for the gas man. Like,
1: damn, yeah, they (laughs) never really deal with that, do they?
0: Like, he's going to jail for some time for, you know, being possessed.
1: Yeah, huh. Anyway, Piper and this guy, whose name is Josh, Piper and the TA, like, flirt. I hate it because they were both so mean to each other. This isn't...
0: This is unearned.
1: Thank you. It's unearned. He gives her the bottle of wine, like... Another bottle of wine? Because he gave her the other one at the house, which means that bottle of wine that was super hard to find, he went out and, like, tracked down another bottle of it.
0: And she's like, that's actually really nice of you. And he's like, oh, actually? Actually? I'm a very nice person. it's like, ugh. Barf.
1: So the last scene is in the attic. The girls are all cleaning up from, presumably still from the earthquake and all of the stuff that went down.
0: Because... Like, the house magically fixed off the stuff the Shadow did, so...
1: But they were still an earthquake. And they decide that the time has come for uh, them... Oh.
0: They, they talk briefly about how Andy got, like, a one-week suspension for pulling his gun on two citizens for no reason.
1: <sighs> yep. Yep. They also decide that it is time for them to add to the Book of Shadows, uh... Phoebe feels really unworthy because she feels ashamed that the shadow was able to claim her. So easily. She she must be the weakest. Even though, as we discussed at the top of this episode, and as her sisters tell her, it's because she's the only one who was actually born in the manor.
0: Yeah, and she talks about how maybe that makes her, like, the Nexus, something that could be either good or evil. And they're like, free will exists, like...
1: I mean, does it? Mm. We'll talk about that when we meet Paige. Mm. Remember the one day where a witch gets to decide if she's going to be good or evil?
0: God. Yeah. Well, let's
1: not talk about this stuff. Let's focus on this really good episode. (laughs) And
0: so they decide that they're going to add Phoebe's spell into the Book of Shadows. And they're like, look, you're not evil. You're going to contribute to our family legacy with the spell that you used. Which, I mean...
1: I find it really appropriate that Phoebe is adding it. Not just because she's the one who remembered the story and therefore, like, it's right, it's good and right that she put it in there. But also, she's the one who is most invested in the book itself. Hmm. Like, Phoebe is the one who is most invested in the Charmed Ones as a legacy. So she's the one who cares most about keeping up the book.
0: I kind of feel like they already added something to the book, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head.
1: No, I'm pretty sure this is the first time. I think you're thinking about how their mother was writing, like, the...
0: Oh, yeah, how their mother was adding stuff into the book when, uh... As a ghost. Yeah, as a ghost to help them fight Barbus. You're right. But, uh, like, it's nice and all, but technically their grandma wrote that spell. I also do like it when they take care of the demon of the week without using a power of three thing. Yes. And it makes sense because this is a demon their grandmother fought although i guess she just sealed it away she didn't like defeat it permanently
1: right and i i like that they they bring that up she just sealed it away so they knew so she knew that the girls would have to fight it one day that's why she gave them the story and they know that they've just sealed it up so their ancestors might have to deal with it Hmm. so that's why they're putting the spell in the book yeah
0: that is kind of a neat moment yeah yeah I really enjoyed this episode. I know we said a lot of bad things about it.
1: I mean, I think we also talked about the good things about it. This was, this is a strong episode. And I,
0: I think it really benefited from only having an A plot.
1: Oh, absolutely. I also think it benefited from adding to the mythology. I think in this show, episodes that lean on the history of the Charmed Ones are stronger than Monster of the Week episodes, Hmm. even though in other shows like, x-files it the monster of the week episodes are the ones that are really memorable
0: or i mean yeah and we haven't hit the point because it's still really early on but myth driven shows weren't as strong of a thing back then
1: yeah they definitely were not
0: and i feel like sort of shows nowadays have an issue where They don't allow for Monster of the Week stuff as much.
1: Yeah, so it used to be that you didn't want to do too heavily into this mythology and continuity because you're just going to pop in and watch an episode if you're home that night. But now with time shifting, with streaming, you know, people are going to sit down and binge all seven seasons of Elementary. So, you know, you may as well... Elementary is actually a funny example because most of Elementary is episode of the week, but that's because it's on CBS. Yeah. But people are gonna watch things all in a row so why not but sometimes we just need a saving the cat moment right we just need to see people doing their thing and being good at it
0: yeah which kind of deviates from the point this is a good episode of Charmed because it is a mythology episode because it establishes stuff that will be important later till the very end of the show to literally the last episode of the show, the nexus is a big, important thing. And honestly, this feels like a good episode for setting that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'm just arguing for a good blend, right? You don't want oops on mythology.
0: Yes. So we should go into our segments. All
1: right, let's do our segments.
0: So our first segment is premonitions, where we look into the future or past and see which actors are, were, or will become famous. And I didn't recognize anyone, but it sounds like you have some people for this.
1: So, okay, so I have two. Mm-hmm. So the first is uh, Richard McGonagall. I know, right? Yeah. Who played both the gas man and voiced the woogie man. Both when it's a shadow and when, like, his voice is coming out of Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. yeah. And that makes sense because he is predominantly a voice actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's done just a ton of voice work for... He was in Avatar, which is on Netflix now. Um,
0: Who was he in Avatar? He's Bato. Oh. Huh.
1: He's he's Mr. Incredible in all of the incredible stuff that's not the movies where Craig T. Nelson does it.
0: Uh, Dan Castellaneta-ing it.
1: Yeah. uh, He's in Ben 10. He's in uh, Duck Dodgers. He's Apocalypse in X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse. Uh. And um, here's a weird random fun one. He's the voice of Sanders in the episode of Community, where they have the KFC space truck. He's the computer in that. Wow. Yes, and uh, just a uh, fun, like, on his IMDb page, under mm-hmm. the trivia, one of the trivias for him is, he is known for his deep, sonorous voice.
0: Fair. Uh, is your other person Grams? Because this is the first episode we get Grams. Yes. Because she she's one of those perpetual, hey, it's that person. Like, she's in an episode of Friends.
1: She is in an episode of Friends. She is, like, hey, that spunky old lady. Like, she's the cool grandmother, right? Like, she's Auntie mame mm. Like, that's, that's her character archetype. And she plays it on many, many shows. What,
0: what what's the actress's name?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Her, her the actress's name is Jennifer Rhodes.
0: Ah. Uh, oh. That Okay. I'm sorry. It's just I've seen her name in stuff before.
1: Yeah, in um in Grey's Anatomy, she's just in one episode, but she plays a woman who broke her hip because she was having sex during an earthquake. Like she's just the cool pistol anti mame character. Hmm. Like that's her that's her niche. Also, weirdly, she plays Veronica's mother in the Heathers movie. Really? Yes.
0: Huh. Wow. Huh. But yeah, like, you will recognize Grams if you see this. Like, she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, her first credit was in 1971, and her most recent credit is in 2019 in Grace and Frankie. So, I mean...
0: There you go. You've seen her. You've seen her. That'll bring us to our second segment, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode? I think we're going to have the same thing. Okay,
1: yeah, you go first because I think you're probably right.
0: The CD club thing?
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but Columbia Record House, I'm pretty sure, is not a thing anymore.
0: Yeah, I think the internet put many many bullets into that head yeah hey kids there used to be a scam where you'd send them a penny and you'd get 20 cds and then they'd charge your credit card until you died
1: yep yep
0: i missed out on that because i was not heavily into music until it was easier to get it from the internet
1: i actually belonged to a columbia record house type club that sent you books
0: Mm. oh
1: yeah, you picked out ten books for a penny, and then every month they sent you a card telling you which books were coming that month. And then you had to either, like, check no, don't send me these books and send the card back. Or, if you forgot, they sent you and charged you for the books.
0: Mm. Yeah, for me, music-wise, by the time I was old enough to start listening to music, i uh, iTunes was a thing. And uh, I feel so bad for my mom because like we shared an itunes account because we only had the one computer Mm -hmm. so like half of her play because you you couldn't really make playlists so half of the stuff on her ipod was just the crappy music i was into in middle school which if that's still on your computer mom and you are listening to this feel free to delete all of it it's fine i can live without your computer having jimmy eat world on it Oh. Speaking of freezing time. And that'll take us to our last segment, telekinesis. What genuinely moved you this episode, if anything?
1: Okay, so for me, it was just such a tiny moment when Piper and Prue are getting ready to go down to the basement and have their final confrontation. They get the flashlight out of the, you know, junk drawer in the kitchen and they just kind of face the door and Prue says, okay, let's fight this. And just that moment the two of them together ready to go save their sister it it really struck a chord with me
0: okay so mine is when phoebe kicks them out of the house when she's taken over by the demon thing i i said it earlier i feel like the strongest acting moments for her isn't when she's being evil but when she's breaking through right and the bit before she tells them that you know before she's like this isn't your house anymore when she's like you have to leave and you like she's been being evil and threatening and it kind of slips there and she's just scared that really worked for me this is a strong episode yeah this was a really strong episode i'm um, good job charmed you know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so next. what have
0: we got next week
1: so next episode is which prue is it anyway
0: oh this is the cloning one right
1: A dangerous mortal uses a crystal sword to suck powers out of people and targets Prue as his next victim. But actually, the episode after that is going to be that 70s episode.
0: Awesome! Yeah, we're so
1: close. So close.
0: I I effing love that 70s episode.
1: Me too. I do too. I'm very excited to get to that episode. So
0: you know what? We will get through which Prue is it in order to get to that 70s episode. Alright, so I believe that will about do it for this week.
1: Yeah, I guess that's it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. we like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maricruz, Rosa, Javier, and Benjamin.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or I Love Television Zines at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Hallowell Manor.